0: Hello everybody, my name is Tina and I am a certified life coach. Welcome back to the Pursuit of Confidence podcast. Let's get to it. So this week I want to talk about confidence. Now that you all know my background and how I was raised, you can see how I was able to break out of the generational cycle of abuse and addiction. You can also see why I say I have no reason to be as confident as I am. Having Randall Nolan as my father, you see how he broke us down and never encouraged us kids. Growing in adulthood, I could have become shy and timid and insecure because of that abuse. I could have become afraid. I could have withdrawn into myself. But instead, I became angry and confrontational. I always challenged those in authority. I didn't trust people and always questioned motives. I had a hard time believing in others and believing in myself. I was hard and I didn't allow others to be good to me. So where did I gain my confidence? How did I allow myself to become vulnerable and open? When I started doing life coaching, I came across some really interesting concepts. One was called, how to enjoy being you. Another one was your thoughts about you. And the other one was building confidence and self-love. These were the main three tools that I used to transform myself and my life. The how to enjoy being you was a lot of hard work. I had to dive deep into who I was. And at that moment, I was having a hard time looking at all that. I looked at who I was as a living, breathing person, and I had to learn how to just be grateful for that alone. But I didn't understand that. I didn't know how to do that. I was looking at how my experiences in life weren't something to cringe at or shy away from. I had to learn how to be proud of everything in my life and all of my experiences and be grateful for those things that I went through. I looked at all of my thoughts that were always showing up, like the should-bes and the could-bes or the could-haves. I looked at how I was supposed to be a a problem and learned how to turn those supposed-to-bes into things that I liked about me. For example, instead of thinking how something should be and how that was a problem, I looked at how I wanted it to be. And then I thought how it was going to change. So I didn't want to think anymore how my life was supposed to be different. I wanted to stop thinking how I was supposed to be different. And I turned that into what decisions have I made in my life that I wanted and has been brought to me and where I'm at? How has the decisions I made turned me into who I am now? What are those conclusions from the decisions? And so I came up with my decision to keep my baby when I found out I was pregnant. I came up with the decision how I wanted to work two jobs and go to school and make a better life for me and my child. I came up with the decision how I made the abuse on my body and I ended up being overweight and addicted to weed and pills. In this way, I looked at all these different things, and I realized that life is not supposed to be any kind of way for any of us. Everybody has a story. Everybody has a hard time. And in my learning of how to enjoy being me, I was able to not get frustrated with things around me, or things that happened to me. And I just really, truly started to enjoy who I was as a woman, as a mom, and as a person. I started seeing my life as a life I wanted. I started looking at all those decisions I made, and I said, and I had my back on that. Like, hey, you made that decision. You wanted it, so be okay with that. It was a life I made, not a life that happened to me or that was forced upon me. There was one question in this work that really triggered me into thinking these amazing thoughts that I wanted to live into. This question was, what if I stopped rejecting the way I am and I started just simply delighting in myself? Now, when I read this question, it made me pause and I really thought about a real and honest answer. This was a way to actually be real with myself in a way that I never was before. I realized that life for others don't owe me anything, no matter what my past was, no matter my trials and tribulations. The only one who owed me anything was myself. So I leaned into this new perspective, and I really worked hard to redo my thinking. I uprooted things and I replanted new ones. I stopped thinking I was a victim and I stopped comparing my failures, my personality, my body, my life, my past to others and thinking how I wish I had a different life and a different past. I let go of all of that. It was so freeing. It really was. But sometimes it was hard because I held on to such ways for so long. This is when I realized I really needed to just dig a little bit deeper into my thoughts about me. I was taught that you are only defined by how you think about yourself. My teacher, Brooke Castillo, she said this, and it really stuck with me. I started becoming aware of the little ways I would talk to myself and how sometimes it would seem so innocent, so subtle, but it was just these hard thoughts that didn't do me any good. For example, my results in life seemed pretty good. I mean, I was working in the operating room, and I was making a good living, and I was raising my daughter in a clean and moral way. But I was shame-based. I was always judging myself and then projecting those same judgments onto others. This is how I showed up in my life. I wasn't creating anything on purpose. I wasn't thinking on purpose. I was letting my brain go with thoughts that were always there instead of changing them into thoughts that served me and that I could ultimately grow with. I was limiting myself from the thoughts about myself. I hated my body. I hated how challenging I was. I didn't like that I was unapproachable to others. I didn't like how I was a victim. I thought that my past defined me. That since my past was full of abuse and struggle, that I was supposed to always struggle and feel worthless and unlovable. And this work invited me to find a way into believing the things about myself that I truly liked, and that I could live into that. I found all the wonder and beauty that I truly have within me, and I allowed myself to be in that and to live up to that possibility that I could be different. But I was no longer going to be mad at me for where I was in my thought processes, nor was I going to feel trapped that I couldn't change. I lived into The belief that change was possible for me and that I was really capable of change. And then if I really wanted to change, then all I had to do was implement the changes that I wanted. I started being proud of myself and how far I came. I was no longer embarrassed of my story. I was happy that I learned real life lessons and my hardships And I was no longer going to use them against myself. I was no longer going to compare myself with other women in my mothering or in my body image. I was finally owning up to how I treated others and used the excuse that I had it hard so others should feel sorry for me. I was done thinking that way. I was done with thinking I was a victim. I was now practicing the actual thoughts that it takes to have compassion, generosity, and kindness for oneself. This kind of work led me into the concept of self-love and self-confidence. I used to think how self-love was some abstract thing. Like if it was for like the woo-woo people who had been taught the meaning of love. Not to say that I didn't know the meaning of love. Of course I do. I'm a mother who completely and wholly loves her child. I'm an observing person, and when I see others display love towards another, I know that it is love. And I have true faith in God's love for me and my love for Him. But self-love? No way, no how. Like, that, it's just so foreign to me. So I started asking myself, Where do you need to love yourself? Where do you want to love yourself? And how can you love yourself? These questions helped me to open up for learning. They helped me become receptive to what I might find and to what I wanted to be. I told myself at the start of this self-love journey that I was not going to judge myself for where I was at. And I wasn't going to feel guilty about how much work I thought I needed to do in order to be where I wanted to be. It was all going to be something that I faced with patience. And when I viewed it all this way, I was able to come from a place of real self-love. I actually remember connecting that in my brain. And, I, and it was like an epiphany. I was like, ooh, that's what self-love looks like. That's where it can be applied. I felt really good about that. Then that feeling and those thoughts were repeatable to me. I was able to come up with ways that I actually loved myself for. I was able to forgive myself and some of the bad choices I made for my life concerning my daughter. I was able to forgive myself for all of the self-abuse I practiced. I no longer talked bad about myself, not even in a joking way. I stopped calling myself names, like dumb or ridiculous, or unpleasant. I stopped believing the thoughts that were implanted into my brain by my parents or my abuser. I was able to love myself for who I was, no cover-ups, and no excuses. I was able to love myself enough to forgive my parents, and to forgive my daughter's father. I was able to let go of the self-deprecating thoughts I had around my brother and our relationship. I forgave myself for feeling like I was nothing. These emotions were really kind of hard to process. I wasn't used to allowing the negative to come at me. I was used to buffering them and eating my feelings or getting high and forgetting about them. This new way of being in tune with my thoughts and my feelings Was sometimes overwhelming and difficult. It was very stimulating, and I had to intentionally process what was coming up. I couldn't just go about my day while I was feeling some of this. I remember going into my room after I put my daughter to bed and laying there and closing my eyes and telling my brain, This is overwhelm. There is no danger. You're okay. You no longer need to feel guilty. You no longer are a victim. You are in control. Your body belongs to you. You are doing so good. I am so proud of you. I love you, Tina. In this way, I was able to get my thoughts in subjection to me. I was taking over on how things were being done up there in my brain. I was finally determining how I intentionally wanted to think and feel about myself. And that thought was love. That feeling was love. Now, those thoughts and feelings come so naturally to me now. But back then, I had to force it. I really had to take over what my brain was offering up and replace them with all of these generous, kind things that I wanted to believe in me. Sometimes now that I've gone through this work, now that I've done the hard part, and those thoughts, the old stuff, it doesn't come up anymore. I I was able to replace them. But I'm only human, so sometimes my brain will try to find evidence for my old thinking. But this new way of thinking about myself and these new beliefs I have for me, I don't have to force myself to go looking for a thought that serves me. I can just think it and I really truly do believe it. This is how I was able to be self-confident. I was taught that self-confidence is something that I can rely on myself for. That I didn't need to go looking to others to boast about me in order to feel confident. That it all came from how I actually thought about me and my capabilities. That is having a growth mindset and allowing for failure. The new beliefs that I was allowing was my way of actually developing the skill of self confidence. I became more aware of the evidence around me that I was capable and worthy and really good at certain things. I was able to really trust in my decisions and follow through on my commitments. From this, I have been able to lose the weight. I have been able to get past my addictions. I've been able to clean out my life from clutter and unwanted items. I was able to show up for my daughter in a whole new way and trust in her and her capabilities. I actually have more trust in others, and I believe in the goodness of others now. So many different ways that self-confidence shows up, and in turn, it projects unto others. And I am able to be open, honest, and vulnerable without worrying about rejection or criticism or embarrassment. This work literally has changed my life. And I know that I can really help support you in changing your life too. This work is so important and it is so meaningful. And I would love to share it with you all. So I have a dedicated spot on my website for this transformational work. I want you to go to my website. It's coachwithnolan.com. And there's a link there. And it takes you to a scheduling calendar. And there you can actually schedule a free session with me. And I want to help support you in changing your life too. Okay everyone, that is all for me this week. Thank you all so much for allowing me to share this with you. I would love if you left a review. Please, please, please let me know how you are enjoying our time together. Thank you again for being here and supporting me. I hope you all have a wonderful day. Okay, bye-bye.